Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. You're tuned in to our nationwide search for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio is an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. All the way from Longmont, Colorado, we have Natalie Clays with Alan Carr's Easy Way. Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be here. It is a pleasure of ours as always. Now, you're currently in Colorado, but the company's based both here and in the UK where it was founded. And I think you said you actually run like four different countries under your franchise. Yeah, well, we're actually in about 50 countries globally. So it began in London in the UK. Uh, We're now in about 50 countries, but I personally look after uh, the USA, Canada, Australia and New Zealand. So pretty busy. Yeah, see, I added whenever we rebranded and became Small Business Origins, <laughs> I added in that nationwide search where we were really trying to go outside of just Tomball, Texas, where we're from, or Houston, and get in touch with entrepreneurs from across the country. But I've been telling people these past few episodes, it's like we're going worldwide because we're having companies that are based in Canada, Australia, and then now with you being, you know, the parent company being located in 50 different countries. It is insane the reach that we have. And I'm so excited every single week to talk to another entrepreneur that's from a different part of our country or a different part of the world. The stories are amazing and that's what we're all about here. But before we hop into that stuff, we start out every single episode with an icebreaker question. So today's icebreaker question is, if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you want to be? Oh, goodness me. I wasn't even prepared for this. Um, that's I know. Oh, goodness me. Where would I be right now? Um, completely and unprepared. I'll, oh, sorry. I'll tell you, I can hop in here and tell you that right now with the cold wind, rain and nasty weather that we're having here in Texas, honestly, I'd rather be anywhere else because I hate the cold. <laughs> so oh. I'm not a fan of the cold. Now, I like it cold. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking 50s or 60s, no wind, the sun's out. Like, I'm that prima donna cold. I like it where I can put a nice little light hoodie on and feel comfortable no matter where I'm at. Um, But right now, because we've been dealing with the cold for so long, because we're in our winter months, I would love to be somewhere that's tropical, has nice warm weather. My wife looked up on uh, the weather app yesterday. Cancun was like 84 and sunny. And that sounds like the place I want to be beachside, poolside doing anything else but living through (laughs) the cold and rain that we have. I don't mind the cold. I just don't like it when it's accompanied by the nasty rain and weather that we're having. And I'll tell you, Fort Worth, Dallas, I know we were talking pre-show. You said you had a trip planned there Mm. uh, this weekend. You know, And for our listeners, I mean, right now it's February 1st. So we're recording in February. So people are, I don't want people to think like, man, they're in, in Houston and it's nice weather right now when they're listening to this later. No, we are in the middle of that February funk that we had and it's gross and I just want to be by a beach or by a pool. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I actually moved here from Australia and I was in Sydney and we were used, we didn't have winter in Sydney. It doesn't exist. And I've actually chosen to come from, you know, beachside warm weather to cold and snowy Colorado. 
Um, so I'm kind of very happy to be here right now. I look out the window <laughs> and it's actually sunny. So it's bitingly cold, but it's blue skies, sunshine, snow on the mountain. So I'm pretty happy being here right now, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's a recent decision you've made. And yeah. I'll tell you, I have not been to Colorado. I have seen photos. Oh. Um, I know people who have been based in Colorado that I've worked with, people who are friends of mine that have visited or been based there, or live there. And it looks beautiful, amazing. I absolutely want to go endure the cold on a day you're having like now where you've got snow and it's chilly and uh, those beautiful mountains are behind you, you know, that kind of stuff. I just don't want to be here in the crappy rain and weather. That's my big thing. Well, I mean, I've got to say, when it when it's um, when it's you know blowing a blizzard out there, or it's, it and it's snowing sideways and it's windy, I'm inclined to stay home. But when it's uh, blue skies, sunny, snowy, it's pretty stunning, pretty fabulous. Absolutely. Well, we're here to talk about you, where you came from, and how you got into entrepreneurship and what you're doing with Alan Carr's Easy Way. So let's let's hop into the personal stuff. What's your origin story? Gosh. Okay. Thank you for asking. Um, well, Alan Carr's Easy Way is it's a method of stopping smoking and and drinking alcohol. And I started out by I was a smoker. Um, I was a smoker. Started at 15 years old. Did it for 20 years. Got very good at it. Um, but like every smoker, always had that plan to stop doing it, and had repeated attempts. Um, failed every time. Uh, a day and a half was about my best effort. And so I tried for years and years and years to stop smoking and um, just, you know, I kind of felt I was a fairly sort of strong, confident person, but I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. I struggled enormously. I tried all the usual methods. I tried the patches, the gum, the sprays, the hypnotherapy, the, you name it, I did it. Um, and then I heard about this, a guy called Alan Carr. And uh, so at the time I was living in Sydney, Australia. And I heard about this method called Alan Carr's Easy Way, which in itself I thought is ludicrous. Um, but, you know, I had tried every, at this point, I was 35 and I'd smoked for 20 years. I would tried every method imaginable to stop. And uh, I, I just I don't know. I just thought, look, I, I'm willing to give it a go. It sounds ridiculous, but, you know, I'll try anything. I'll do anything. And I um, I attended a seminar. It was five, six hour seminar, smoked all the way through. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had smoke breaks. And by the end of it, you smoke your final cigarette. And I walked away kind of thinking, and, and it was just a lot of talking, but not the scary stuff that I'd heard before. But it was challenging what we think we know about smoking and really kind of changing how you think about it. Anyway, I walked away that day, 21st of June, 2003. To be honest, John, between you and me and any of the listeners, I I didn't think it would work. You know, I mean, oh, I went yeah, there with sure. the best. Of course, why would it? Nothing else had worked. Everything else had been a disaster. Why was this any different? But I was kind of at my wits end and was willing to, to willing to be open about it and give it a go. Um, I left that day and still really not not sure. Not, you know, no big epiphany, no revelation, no hallelujah. Just kind of eh, we'll see how we go. We'll see what happens. And then nothing happened. I just didn't smoke. Um, I didn't smoke. I just had no urge or desire or no reason to smoke. So it it it, it kind of like worked without me even really understanding why it had worked. I mean, obviously, I know that now, many years later. But at the time, it was 
the information they gave me just took away it and took away any reason to smoke. So it, it didn't focus on why I shouldn't, because I knew that every smoker knows that. But all the reasons and excuses that I'd clung on to to continue doing it, it kind of crushed them all. And you're left with absolutely no reason to want to smoke. And it, on, yeah. it truly, hand on heart, was easy. It was stupidly easy. And um, I went home, carried on with my life as normal, um, just really just not interested in smoking, just it was done. And even though I, you know, at the time, quite a few of my friends were still smokers and I'd still hang out with them and I'd still have a drink with them, but I just wasn't bothered. I wasn't interested. And I think it probably took a few months for it to really sink in. Like, goodness, you know, that was just, it was so easy. It was so easy. Um, and I think a few months later, I just thought, gosh, I, I could do this. Like, this is something I would love to get involved in. Um, and that was that. I contacted our head office in London. I said, how can I how can I help? How can I spread the word? How can I help other people experience what I've just just had? And um, a few months later, I'd bought myself a franchise and I'd set up. And, well, it took me probably like a, a year or so to train. But then I started running seminars in Sydney, in uh, Australia, and that then expanded to um, other cities in Australia then it became the whole of Australia then it became New Zealand and then another story further down the track is me coming to America so you know I don't know if you remember that Victor Kayam advert you know liked it so much I bought the company it was a bit like that yeah. <laughs> I was so I was so blown away by how easy it was I just I wanted to get involved and that was yeah I, I joined the company in um, December 2004 uh, I ran my first seminar in the 2005. Now it's, what is it, 1st of Feb 23, and I'm still there. So I feel very, very um, blessed, privileged, honoured, and still excited as, as day one, you know? Yeah, I think this is something, going to what you touched on, I think this is something that people who don't smoke or drink, yeah. they kind of struggle to understand that it's it's almost like we've, trained ourselves and i guess neurologically we really have to be dependent on these things and at some point in time when you're there you can tell us every single logical thing that makes sense as to why we shouldn't drink why we shouldn't smoke whatever the case may be and and it's truth like everything you're saying is absolutely truth like we know we have had enough money spent on advertising against mm. tobacco companies to know every single risk of smoking and every single, not even a risk, but everything that smoking causes. Yet when you tell them, Hey, this is bad. This is bad. You need to quit because of this or quit because of that. All it does is drive them to want to have another cigarette or drive them to want to have another drink. Yeah. And people don't understand that the normal ways of, Hey, that's bad. Stop doing it doesn't work both on the principle I think of being addicted as well as going to the principles of like, you know, games people play by Dr. Eric Byrne, where it's adult parent and child. And it's like, you're trying to be a parent to me by giving me these things that I already know. And it's almost out of spite, which is childlike that I'm going to say, well, I know that you're right, but you're trying to tell me as a parent. So now I'm going to be a child and do it anyway. 
It's addiction, you know, pure and simple drug addiction. And you're absolutely spot on. The messages that tell people smokers are not idiots. I wasn't stupid. I knew the bad right. stuff, but it didn't it didn't take away this this compulsion to want to do it. And that's addiction. The very nature of addiction is it denies any choice. So none of us are doing it a choice. We're doing it because we're addicted to this drug. But the messages telling you how bad it is, they have the opposite effect. You ask anybody out there listening the first thing when people tell you how, how bad it is and try and scare you into stopping first thing you do you reach for a smoke or a vape or a, you know it, it, it has the opposite effect because they're using they're trying to scare us into stopping and that makes you feel worried anxious stressed first thing you do as a smoker or a vapor when you feel worried anxious stressed reach for a smoke reach for a vape so the typical messages sent out by society about using scare tactics have the opposite effect. Yeah. I'll and I'll tell you, that's the craziest thing that I learned in my marketing class was that the Surgeon General's warning on cigarettes that we have here in America actually entices the same part of the brain that smoking a cigarette does. So quite literally, what you're saying is 100% factual on a an MRI-based study that says when you just see those warnings, that enough is right there triggering, triggering that part of your brain that says, oh, yeah, cigarettes. Man, I love the nicotine. I love that hit. And then you get that feeling, and then it just makes you want to buy it more. I mean, exactly what you're saying is true, that... It, it literally, the scare tactic that's supposed to steer you away from it, steers you right to it and makes you want it because those pleasure sensors in our brain light up under an MRI and say, oh, yeah, cigarettes, love them. Let me get them. Yeah. And well, and those, those scare tactics create, you know, they also create anxiety. So subconsciously, they create anxiety. And if you're a smoker, you feel anxious, you believe a cigarette's going to help with your anxiety and that's what you reach for. I mean, the re the truth is, it doesn't help with anxiety. It causes anxiety. But smokers, sure. we don't. We as smokers, we don't know that. We we believe it helps us. So the, those those campaigns um, using scare tactics and horrible graphic images have the, the, the opposite effect. It's heartbreaking to see. But um, you know, addiction is an insidious an insidious problem. And I guess the beauty of Alan Carr's method is. It doesn't bang on about the bad stuff that we already know. It kind of says, well, hang on a minute. What's the good stuff? What's this good stuff? And is it really good stuff? And we, it kind of breaks it down. And and you're left with no reason to smoke. So it's none of it's about fear, uh, scare tactics or fear. It's about, well, what's this perceived good stuff? Let's break it down. Let's look at it a bit closer. And is it really, you know, as good as it's cracked up to be? And by the end of it, you're just left with... You've got you've had every argument, every argument taken away, every reason to smoke removed, every excuse that we cling on to as addicts crushed. And you're left with nothing. You're left with there's just no reason to smoke anymore. There's no reason to. And that's when it becomes easy. So it's, it really is a psychological, you know, the. I think another thing out there in, in, in the industry that makes it difficult for people to grasp is that. Most of these, most methods focus on the, the physical addiction to the drug nicotine. Well, that part's only 1%. This addiction is 99% psychological, 1% physical. So you can stick a patch on your arm, you can pop a pill, you can take a lozenger or a gum or a spray or a vape, but they all only address the physical addiction to the drug. So they're trying to target like 1% of the problem. That's why they don't work. 
you've got to target the 99% of the problem, which is this headspace, this belief that I enjoy it, this belief it relaxes me, this belief it relieves stress, this belief it's my friend. And so that's the big problem to, to sort of address is, is recognizing it's a psychological addiction and you have to change that and see it from a different perspective to really kind of um, to get free of it. Yeah, I can tell you, I'm not speaking from experience on the smoker side. I've I've never been a smoker per se. Um, I am one that occasionally while I was drinking, I may have lit a cigarette and smoked one. Um, but I've probably had less than a pack of cigarettes in my entire life. Now, cigars, on the other hand, you know, I do love a good glass of whiskey and a cigar. And I know that is probably sacrilege to say on this podcast episode. Um, but occasionally I'll smoke a cigar, but I don't consider myself addicted to, you know, cigarettes or cigars. I mean, all of my experience with addiction comes from my mother who like you at 12 years old started smoking mm. and like you was extremely good at it. And I'm talking at least two, usually three packs per day. And she was on, um, you know, Paul malls and merit one hundreds before they, kind of got too expensive for her to be able to afford. And I was just always surrounded by the secondhand smoke. So honestly, cigarettes were a huge turnoff for me. I didn't like them because I hated the secondhand smoke. So I never wanted to take part in it, but I watched her struggle and I watched her use the patches. I watched her use before vapes were a big thing. It was true e-cigarettes, which were USB powered. They look like cigarettes. They plugged into your computer and charged. And then, you know, they, they would just be like a, a single use disposable type thing that tasted like a, a cigarette and gave you that nicotine hit. And then you would put it down. I bought one of those out of desperation, trying to get her to stop smoking um, because eventually what I knew was going to happen occurred. And she got diagnosed with emphysema, COPD. And then what wound up actually killing her was the double pneumonia she had along with the COPD and emphysema. So her lungs were already trashed. And then on top of that, she had double pneumonia because she would get pneumonia all the time um, from smoking. And it was just, that was the truth. No matter how much I begged and pleaded and griped as her child wanting her to stop, it just would never stop even with all these other things. And that is one thing I loved about looking at your website prior to you coming on the show was it nothing on there said smoking is bad. It's going to kill you. You need to stop or anything else. It said, we're here to help you with these addictions and we have an easier way for you to do it. And then mentioned, like I said earlier, it's brain power, not willpower, you know, so I will say it's kind of vague for me to understand exactly what you do. So I definitely want you to break that down for me if you don't mind. But it does seem like it's from more of a positive end of the spectrum, which I think would in theory have a better um, reaction from that. And then obviously you've been through it. So you already know it's not a theory for you. It's a truth mm -hmm. that attacking it from this positive perspective really helps. So what do I expect that first day that I'm where you were, I walk in and I say, I've got this addiction. I want to get rid of it. What do I expect when I show up for the seminar? Okay. Gosh. Well, firstly, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your, your mom. I mean, it breaks my heart to see people go too early through this horrible addiction. Um, Okay, Alan Carr's method. It's always a difficult one to explain because it is so very, very different. Um, this fear and anxiety that smokers have is kind of driven by smoking. So non-smokers don't have it. It's, it. it's caused by smoking, not relieved by it. So 
when I walked into that seminar, and I, I mean, I now run the seminars. I've been doing the seminars myself as a, as a coach or teacher for, 50, let's say, 15 years, or maybe it could even be 17. I'd lose track. Um, everybody walks in that room pretty terrified. You know what? They think they're giving up their friend. They think they're giving up their pleasure, their crutch, their prop, their reward. Their, they, they, this, this thing they believe they can't function or cope without. And so um, what we do in a it's roughly about six hours, um, which goes really quickly. Um, we talk about smoking. So at no point do we talk about the bad stuff. There's no horrible images because every smoker has seen it. And like your mum and like me, we we, we don't want to know. Not interested. We're going to close our minds to that because we're not idiots. We know the bad stuff. So that's gone. We're not talking bad stuff. We're going to talk about what's this good stuff. And I'll give you an example. Um, the perceived good stuff about smoking is that um, it relaxes me. It relieves stress, helps me concentrate, relieves boredom. I enjoy it with a drink. It's time out. It's a break. It's social. It's habit. All these different reasons that smokers give to justify or rationalize the addiction. Um, and what we do is we break those down and we actually prove that smoking does the opposite. It creates stress. It creates anxiety. It prevents you from being able to concentrate because you're so distracted and in withdrawal. And so the reality of smoking is what the manufacturers in the industry claim it does, the opposite is the truth. It actually creates stress, anxiety, boredom, can't concentrate, feel uncomfortable, feel empty, feel insecure. So what you're, this takes us six hours to get to this, by the way, but what you're, in, in a nutshell, what you're basically saying is you smoke to feel like a non-smoker. You smoke to relieve the discomfort and aggravation of being in withdrawal. So if you think about a flat line that's normal, when you go into withdrawal from nicotine, you go below normal. So if you're normal, let's say your normal is 100%. When you withdraw from the drug nicotine, you go below 100%, and, and which non-smokers don't have. When you light up a cigarette and you replace, you top up the drug levels of nicotine and you get that boost back to normal again, well, you're only back to normal. But as a smoker, we call that pleasure, satisfaction, relief, enjoyment, stress relief. So what we're really saying is you make yourself uncomfortable in withdrawal, then to relieve the discomfort to try and feel like a normal non-smoker again. So all the bad stuff that we get is real and all the good stuff doesn't exist. Now, of course, that's me telling you it in like, you know, 30 seconds. In reality, right. it takes six hours to be a lot more convincing than that. But it's really about exposing the truth. It's about seeing smoking or vaping or any drug as a confidence trick. We're led to believe that there's all this, you know, this, 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 these positives to it. And what we're really saying is they don't exist. It's BS. Um, it's a, it's a scam. It's a confidence trick that we got conned with. And what Alan's method, Alan Carr's method is doing is actually showing you the truth about it. So you see it differently. You realize you've been mugged, you've been had, and you're left with like, why would I want to do that? So what it does is there's no sense of giving up. So if you stick a patch on your arm, you still believe you're giving something up. So you're then stopping, not because you want to, because you feel you should. This is seeing smoking from a different perspective or vaping or alcohol from a different perspective so that you actually have no desire to want to do it because you realize there's just no point and that it was something of a, like I said, like a, a, a scam, a confidence trick. I said, it takes six hours to really explain it thoroughly, but it's it's fascinating stuff. Like I said, there's, there's not not once do we talk about, you know, the bad stuff, but we're really 
showing you that the good stuff doesn't exist and that you're spending your money and ruining your life and being slavery. You know, you're a slave to a drug, but you get nothing in return. So there really is nothing to give up. And you're basically just trying to get back to the normal that you were when you were a non-smoker. Does that kind so of... So is yeah, no, absolutely. It just opens up so many questions in mm. my mind. Is this a one-time thing where I come to the seminar, or is this a program that extends a certain period of time, or is it a lifetime deal? Um, yeah, good question. So it starts with the very first session, which is about six hours, and that's with a facilitator, someone like myself. Oh, every one of us was a client. There's nobody can do this job. And unless you've been there with your smoker's hat on, you cannot possibly relate to it or understand. So we were all smokers ourselves. We all stopped this way. Um, first seminar, six hours. You smoke all the way through. You have your final cigarette. You leave. Most people arrive feeling petrified and most people leave looking seriously happy, relieved, excited. It's just so, I said, it's positive, inspiring, uplifting. You leave as a non-smoker. Um, for the majority of people, um, that's it, you're done. But some people need more than one session. So we offer free support sessions and we offer a money back guarantee. I think we're the only people who do that and we do it because we're that confident. And the way, and the, way the guarantee, wow. um, so session number one is six hours. Session number two, if you need it, is about three hours. Session number three, about three hours. If you do the full program of all three different sessions in three months and you still choose to smoke or vape or drink alcohol, we give you your money back. We've had that offer in play. We've been, we, the company started in um, 1983 and we've had that um, money back guarantee from the very beginning. And, um, you know, if it didn't work, we couldn't afford to do that. So that's how, it, I mean, the reason we do it, John, it, it's not, it's not really about, it's so that people will try it and know that it's risk-free thinking, well, I've got nothing mm -hmm. to lose by giving it a go and hearing what they have to say, because the worst that happens is I waste some time, I get my money back. And that's really why Alan started it was, wasn't so much about getting a refund. It's about saying, you've got nothing to lose by coming in here and what we have to say. I mean, I, uh, over the years, I've had clients who've come, who've categorically said, I do not want to stop smoking. I love it. I don't want to stop. And I say, well, why are you here? Well, my husband booked me in, but I don't want to be here. And I give them the opportunity to leave and say, well, refund you if you want to get, and they say, no, no, I'll, I'll stay and see what, you, what it's about. And then six hours later, they've heard stuff they hadn't even considered or thought about. And they've had such a shift or such a change in their thinking their perception that it's, so it's kind of like they they don't know what they don't know so they think they love smoking they think they enjoy smoking they think it has all these you know upsides but six hours later when they've actually heard it from a very different perspective it's like wow I just didn't see it that way so you almost have to it's get you've got to get people in the room in the first place to even be open to hearing what you're going to say and that's you know the money back guarantee kind of encourages people to you know give it a go even no no matter how skeptical they are no matter how much they say well I don't I'm not really ready it's not the right time I'm, I love it we say just come and hear what we have to say yeah and it's amazing that you started that way of walking in thinking this isn't going to work I'm just <laughs> here going through the motions so that I can say that I've tried and then as soon as I'm done I'm going to get out of here and smoke another one on the way home yeah I mean and I'll be then really not to have that happen 
Yeah. I mean, look, I didn't go there thinking I want my money back, but I went there skeptical and very doubtful that it would work. I didn't think it would work I, because nothing else had. And every previous attempt had been horrendous, had been awful. And I, I went there highly doubtful, really not expecting it to work. Um, so this is the last job on the planet I thought I'd ever be doing. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I really had no it's crazy but it just I sat there for six hours and I listened and I smoked all the way through till the very very last drop I carried on smoking and when I was done it's just like you just couldn't quite bring yourself to smoke anymore like I'd think about it think she'll have one it's like "Mm, yeah no I don't think so and you just couldn't bring yourself to want to smoke anymore afterwards so but yeah I was very I was very skeptical and and um I wouldn't say suspicious because I, I did actually have a friend who'd done it and she was raving about it but I was I didn't believe it would work and I think I also thought well even if it does work it won't be forever it'll just be for you know to like basically go out with my friends and get on the beers and then it'll be all you know over and it wasn't it just wasn't it just got easier it got better my life has changed drastically it's taken me around the world I now live in fabulous Colorado you know my work has brought me here um yeah so I was one of those very um skeptical doubtful (laughs) clients who totally didn't think it would work and um yeah best thing I ever did life-changing so as a potential client you know how do I know where the nearest Alan Carr is that I can get in touch with, or are y'all available? You know, what does your clientele look like? Are you oh. available to anyone anywhere, or where are you located mostly? Um, yeah, so um, we we're, we're available to anybody, everywhere, anybody, whether they smoke, vape, drink alcohol. And um, we the, with the live seminars, we do we do them in person, but we also do by Zoom. So. Um, I've been trying to tick off every U.S. state. So we've had clients in Alaska, Hawaii, um, Puerto Rico, not to mention, you know, the places. Well, this weekend I'm in Dallas. So whether it's in the room or by Zoom, you can access it from anywhere, everywhere. So um, this Saturday, I'm personally going to be in Dallas. But tomorrow we have one by Zoom, this weekend by Zoom. So it's really all you need really is a laptop, you know, Internet. Um, camera, open mind, packet of smokes. For most things these days, that's definitely the way it's going. Do you feel like there's any difference in the treatment itself as far as being in person or on Zoom? Like, do you think it maybe wouldn't have worked for you if it was remote and you needed to go in person yourself? No, because when I did this, when I did the smoking one, it was so long ago, Zoom wasn't even a thing. Right. Um, and so I didn't have the option back then. It, I, it was the only choice was in person, so I did that. But I've since done the alcohol one by Zoom. Um, I don't drink anymore. It's nearly three years. And ask any of my friends. I never, ever, ever thought I would be a non-drinker. Um, so the Zoom alcohol seminar just had the same effect on me. And and um, yeah, it's nearly three years. I can honestly, hand on heart, say I don't miss it. That I don't want it. Um, again, life is so much better without it. So the the difference really with in the room and Zoom is 
you get the, the, the program's identical. I mean, the only difference is we can hug in the room. We can give you a hug at the end when you're so happy that you want to say thank you with a big hug. And that's the main difference. Um, there's a little, there's a slightly different energy when you're in the same room. But the results, which is what people want or need, are the same whether it's, you know, in, with me in the room or um, or by Zoom. So can we discuss pricing at all? How much it costs to attend this? Yeah. Um, it depends. That does change a little bit by location. Because uh, sure. uh, New York is um, very expensive to put a seminar on. In New York and Los Angeles, we charge 595 a person, money back guarantee. In the other states at the moment, it's 495 a person, money back guarantee. Um Zoom's a little bit cheaper at 450, but all those prices include unlimited support sessions for the first three months. So if you need one session, it's 450 by Zoom, 495 in the room. If you need 10 sessions in three months, it's the same price. The goal is to get you to where you need to get to. Um, yeah. And, and that includes, yeah, that term three month money back guarantee as well. So this is kind of like having a life coach, essentially. It, it's someone who is a little more equipped as far as there's a presentation, there's information, there's methods, that kind of thing. But this is someone who's kind of like maybe an accountability partner for you in the effect that you can go to these classes several times and meet with an unlimited amount of people, depending on who's in that room with you. Well, we tend to, everybody tends to go as an individual and not so much worry about what anybody else is doing in that room. We say to them, this is about you, not about the person next to you or anybody else, not about your friends or your partner, just about you. So got it. Um, what, what, what they have got, though, is then connection to someone like me or one of our other facilitators that they then have um, unlimited contact with if they need any support at all. So we, you know, we're we're here for them if they need to email, to phone, to do a, a Zoom chat, whatever. Um, that we're and, and and the big difference is, I always use this example of you know the Biggest Loser. We have it in Australia as well, and I'm pretty sure it was Gillian Michaels over here. I think she's absolutely fantastic, but she's probably never been overweight. Yeah. So I mean, I'm assuming that I don't know that. But the, the one we had in Australia called Michelle Bridges, she's never been overweight. So she's telling a bunch of people who've got an eating issue what to do. Now, they know that. The difference with this is every one of us has been a smoker or a vapor or a drinker. So we're not telling you what we think you should do. We're talking about it from our first hand personal experience from somebody who actually understands how smokers think understand how drinkers think so it's that that advice or support is so real because we've every one of us has been there and in fact you can't qualify as a facilitator unless you've actually had that addiction yourself and got free of it we wouldn't actually take anybody on who hadn't been in that place um that's you know the number one criteria about being involved or presenting is you have to have had the problem and been there so that's my personal struggle is with weight, you know, myself. And it's like, <clears throat> I, I 100% agree with you that it's so hard when I see these personal trainers and these people that are telling you how to lose weight and how to get to where they are. And it's like, but where have you been? If you've always had a fast metabolism and you've always worked out since a young age, 
wow, the head start you've gotten, it must have been nice. It's like, I want to talk to that guy who's been the weight that I am. I want to talk to that person who is losing that weight, who went through that that process, whether they're in the middle of it or at the end of it, and now they feel good, they look good, they're happy, they've gotten down to their goal weight. I want to speak to someone who's been there because yeah. you're right. I can't imagine a smoker or a drinker listening to someone who has never smoked and never drank, tell them all this information and then just take that and go, you know what? This is great. Yeah, they're right. I, I feel like they would immediately discount them and then walk out the door, have a drink, smoke a cigarette, whatever the case may be, versus listening to someone who says, hey, I've been there. I know yeah. exactly what you're going through. I knew I knew that feeling that you're feeling now sitting in class when I walked through the, through the door my very first time. So I think that's very important that no one in your organization can say, yeah, I've never smoked or drank, but you know, here's, here's the way to do it. This works. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's an absolute, it's a must have. We wouldn't even, we wouldn't have anybody doing it who hadn't been there. I mean, when I walked in that door 21st of June, 2000, I remember it so clearly 2003, I can honestly say I was terrified. And I know if there's anybody listening, who's a smoker, they can relate to that. I was terrified. I was terrified of life without cigarettes because it's like how will I cope how will I function I kind of thought I'd be forever deprived and miserable forever craving it forever missing out forever suffering struggling so you it's just the worst feeling you you go into it a expecting to fail but thinking but even if it works life is going to be so rubbish without my you know my friend and it it it, there's that, what's that saying between a rock and a hard place? It's like, well, if I keep on smoking, it's going to kill me. If I stop smoking, I'm going to be so miserable anyway. And Alan Carr's method was kind of like this lifeline of saying, actually, uh, you can stop and it doesn't have to be miserable. And you can be much, much, much happier as a non-smoker and not miss it and not crave it and not feel um, that you've given anything up, but actually just feel free of a drug that you've been a slave to that let's be honest has controlled your life yeah and so i think that was what was so inspiring about it it was like i'd never really heard it that way before every other approach was about well you know it's going to be really hard isn't it and you're probably going to fail and you're going to be so miserable who wants to go in for that this was like, well, actually, guys, it's going to be so easy. You're going to feel great. You're going to be so glad you did this. It's going to be completely life changing and you'll never miss it or want it again. How cool is that? So are you all on social media at all, like dripping out any knowledge or truth bombs in between the seminars? Yes, we are. Because um, I've got four countries, I've got four sites. But if we're in America, it's um, on Facebook, we are um, Alan Carr USA. Um, our website is, and of course the spelling is a bit weird, A-L-L-E-N-C-A-R-R. Um, so it's Alan Carr USA on Facebook, um, Alan Carr on Instagram, Alan Carr on Twitter. Um, the website is usa.alancar.com. Um, so we're, we're, um, yeah, we're out there and we're, we're, we're posting regularly and uh, we also send you know um hopefully positive um inspiration to our to our subscribers so you can on the website you can sign up to the mailing list and uh you know hear what we have to say and hear how we're sort of talking to see if it feels like the right thing for you perfect do y'all offer any type of specials at all ever 
We do, actually. Yeah, in fact, you know, it's funny you say that. I was only talking earlier about we should do a Valentine's special. So um, um, let's put it out there now. Um, let's put it out there for your listeners. Bring you, bring your loved one. Let's say bring your loved one half price. Is that a good deal? Oh, man, that's a killer deal. I like it. We're definitely going to have to rush this episode out so that we can mention that on there and get that discount for our listeners. I think it's a great thing. I mean, you know, as someone who's lost my mother at an early age because of smoking, it is absolutely something I wish that would have been available to her. I mean, it was available to her back then. I wish that she would have known about it and tried it because she had tried so many things, including being in the hospital for weeks at a time, um, which you would think would give you a nice enough break that you could you know, come back out and say, you know what? I don't want to do that again. And I've already been this long without it. Let me just keep going. But the determination to pick up that pack of cigarettes again was always stronger than the willpower to just step away. Can I just add to that? What you've just said about your mother in hospital totally confirms my point. The addiction is psychological, not physical. Because if, yep. if she's been in the hospital that period of time, there's no nicotine left in the bloodstream. Nicotine's gone. It just totally confirms that when we say it's a mental or a psychological addiction, that just that, that proves it. There's no nicotine left in her body at that stage, but she's still craving or desiring a cigarette because of her beliefs around it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been a great interview. I hope that our listeners, if they are struggling with this and this is something they want help with, I'm hoping that they will reach out to you and check out what you have going on because it does seem like something that is it could be so beneficial for somebody in their life right now. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing all this information about Alan Carr, The Easy Way, and your personal experience with it. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved being on the show. And uh, yeah, I hope I, I hope we can help some of your listeners to get free from, uh, from uh, their uh, addiction issues. Hope to hear from them. Absolutely. Well, that's it, listeners. Another episode, another week, and another awesome entrepreneur with a great product. I mean, who doesn't want to quit smoking? I think most smokers would probably, if they really thought long and hard about it, would say that they do wish they could just get rid of that habit and they feel like it's an impossible task. So if you're feeling that way, even if you think that it's not going to work, just like our guest today, walk in, open up your mind, take a listen, see if it works for you, and then hopefully move on with your life without smoking anymore. I appreciate y'all tuning in every single week listening to these episodes. Please head over to www.smallbusinessorigin.com to find out more about our guest and this company. You can find everything in the show notes, of course, just like every single episode that we release. So please click those links down there, take a look around, see what works for you. But that's it for us. We will see you on the next episode. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.